school students, it's your time to shine. You're invited to participate in this year's C-SPAN Student Cam Documentary Competition. In light of the upcoming midterm elections, picture yourself as a newly elected member of Congress. We ask this year's competitors, what is your top priority and why? Make a five to six minute video that shows the importance of your issue from opposing and supporting perspectives. Don't be afraid to take risks with your documentary. Be bold. Amongst the $100,000 in cash prizes is a $5,000 grand prize. Videos must be submitted by January 20th, 2023. Visit our website at studentcam.org for competition rules, tips, resources, and a step-by-step guide. Hi, I'm Zach, and I'm joined by my colleagues Craig and Pam. In the opening clip, you were introduced to C-SPAN's Student Cam competition for middle and high school students. This project-based learning experience, now in its 19th year, is a fantastic opportunity for students to engage in conversations about issues that are important to them or their local communities. Working independently, with a partner, or in a group of three, students explore a topic or public policy issue that is of interest or concern to them, conducting research and interviewing people who are experts on their chosen issue, all the while discovering different perspectives as they gather information and reach an informed conclusion. Whether they use camera equipment, a tablet or an iPad on their desk, or the cell phone in their pocket, they can tell their story and have their voices heard. And throughout the process of producing their film, your students will learn about themselves, their strengths and interests, and they'll develop new lifelong skills that will serve them throughout their educational and all future career and personal endeavors. Like a buy one, get one free special at the local supermarket, in this episode, we will introduce you to two award-winning individuals as we talk about the details of Student Cam and offer tips for students and teachers. After the break, we'll be back with A.J. Chambers, a Student Cam faculty advisor and the CAVPLEX Convergence Media Director at Richland Northeast High School in Columbia, South Carolina, and Jolie Abdo, a former Student Cam three-time winner from Jenks High School in Oklahoma. They'll both share their experiences with the competition and offer insight to help you participate this year. So stick around. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Thanks for joining us today as we talk about one of the very best programs that C-SPAN offers for teachers and students, and that's our annual Student Cam Video Documentary Competition. Each year since 2004, C-SPAN has asked students in grades 6 through 12 to create a 5 to 6 minute long video that examines an issue of their choice, but one that has greater national significance. 
With the three of us, all former classroom teachers ourselves and the primary judges of this competition, we feel that this is one of the very best learning experiences available for young people. Whether or not they have an interest or any prior experience in producing a scripted video, as Zach mentioned in the introduction, there are many benefits for students who participate, from the skills that they'll develop to the interests they'll discover and the connections they'll make. There's also an opportunity to win one of 150 cash prizes that we award, totaling $100,000. This year's competition theme asks students to envision themselves stepping into the role of a newly elected member of Congress and to tell us about which issue would be their first priority and why. We want young people to explore an issue that impacts them or their community, and in keeping with C-SPAN's philosophy of showing various sides of the issues that we cover on our television network, we also want students to research multiple perspectives themselves, including those that they may not personally agree with. That's an important element to keep in mind as they start to develop their films, and one that's going to help them think critically about their chosen topic. So you may not have any prior experience producing or editing videos, or have sophisticated equipment, but that's okay. Many students use the cameras and basic editing apps on their phones, and our team focuses on the content when we view the films. And on a side note, teachers have approached this program in a variety of ways, from making it a part of their curriculum as a culminating class project or capstone, and others have teamed up across disciplines and worked together with media teachers, social studies, or English language arts teachers, and others have simply presented it to their students to work on outside of class if it is something they are interested in. So there is a lot of flexibility with this program. There definitely is a lot of flexibility and tons of room for collaboration with this project, Pam. And while students are able to work on this project on their own accord, if you do decide to coach your students or offer support as they develop their films, uh, teachers can also win a cash prize as well. In fact, a few years back, I led my students through the student cam competition in rural South Carolina in collaboration with our ELA teacher during one of our enrichment and remediation periods. And while we did not win a prize that year, since student cam leverages the overarching skills of research and argument making, the project was incredibly useful in reaching our classroom and school goals. With that in mind, Pam, this is a good time to hear from our first guest, A.J. Chambers, a student cam faculty advisor at Richland Northeast High School in Columbia, South Carolina, to get his perspective as an educator who has served as an award-winning student cam faculty advisor for several years. So for our listeners, can you provide some background on your school and which grades and subject areas you teach? Yeah, of course. So Richland Northeast High School is usually uh, referred to as R&E, as people in, um, in Columbia, and it's sort of a melting pot of students. Um, it's an urban high school, um, IB Magnet High School, I mean, uh, it's Title I, so 90% of our enrollment is minority, and over half is economically disadvantaged. Um, And we're near Fort Jackson, so we have a military transient population. Um, And I teach 9th through 12th grade journalism, So, and I primarily focus on broadcast journalism. So, AJ, Craig, Zach, and I are certainly familiar with you as a teacher who has students participate in the competition each year. But for our listeners... Can you talk about how long you've been participating in student cam and why you have students enter each year? Yeah, of course. So I've been participating um, since 2014. I started at my previous school. And what I, why I decided to join the competition is it pushes my students into long-form storytelling. They traditionally do more like one-minute, 30-second to two, two-and-a-half-minute um, feature and news stories. But this allows them to push into deeper, um, deeper stories. Um, and... It also forces them to get in touch with experts and elected officials, which teaches them skills that go beyond them just interviewing people in their community. 
And more importantly, the whole goal of my class is for me to teach students to give a voice to the voiceless. And we've really used the student cam documentary process as a way to take uh, topics that are important to them in their community and just open them and like really get the word out. And um, we found that that's one way that people who might have different backgrounds than my students can hear more about their stories. Um, another reason why I do it is because I have an honors level class. So my level three and level four classes are honors level. So I use this assignment as a way to delineate between my CP classes and my honors classes. Um, and finally, uh, the student celebrations at the end of the process um, really reward them for their work and sets this um, contest apart from any of the other ones we participate. So AJ, you know, having taught in the Palmetto State myself, in fact, just a stone's throw away from RNE, uh, taught in Sumter, uh, South Carolina, and um, having had some experience leading my students through uh, the student cam process in the past, and as Craig and Pam are both former classroom teachers as well, you know, we each understand and value the time and effort that goes into preparing uh, a project-based learning experience much like student cam. Um, with that said, and thinking about the uh, student demographics, the different classes you teach, uh, the purpose of what you use student cam for that you just mentioned, um, can you talk a little bit about how you introduce the project to your students? Yeah, so typically when y'all release the, the topic and the posters and, and, and the website, I present it to my students right then, usually in September, um, and, we, and we start the process right then. Um, I do feel like it takes a while for them to get started. So I start with introducing the poster, and then the, the website is, is, is pretty amazing and walking them through what's required and giving them the resources to kind of to dive in and understand what's expected. Um, I obviously go down the requirements that I have and the suggestions that I have for them, but we really start with the poster and the website. And, and by now, most of my students know about the project from being in level one and level two, that they know kind of what's coming up. And I also kind of tell them this is an opportunity for a payday. Um, this isn't just a, a, a typical classroom assignment. If they put their heart into it and produce quality work, which I know they can, they get a, they get a fat check at the end of the process, which is, is, is just kind of motivating for them. Yeah, so just building on that, and after you've obviously launched the project, and you're supporting your students, do you have set due dates for the different phases of the project, or is this more of an independent project that the students are moving themselves forward and working at different paces depending on how they're approaching their topic in their documentary? I kind of do it both ways. It's self-paced in a way, but I do have specific checks. So by um, the beginning of October, I want to know what their first draft of their topic is and who they're planning to work with if they're working with um, other students. Um, and then I set um, a couple due dates. So I usually want them to have their interviews either completed or scheduled before Thanksgiving break, because I find during the holidays, some of the um, people they're trying to get in touch with have less availability. Um, and then once they have the interview set, um, right before winter break, I want them to have a basic outline and script and to transcribe all of their interviews. Um, and that's so they don't work on this over winter break. I want them to have a break. Um, that's something that our school really pushes. Um, and then when we get back from winter break, um, they get about two weeks in class, and this is also around our exam time, to work on the actual assignment editing in, in the class and getting support. And the final thing I do is I make the deadline for my class before the deadline for C-SPAN. So that gives me a chance to, to give feedback, um, allow them to have time to re revise if they waited till the last minute, um, and just give, give them some, some extra time that, um, if, that they might not have had if they would have tried to get it completed by the actual deadline. And every time our team works on a project, we always take time to reflect and see what we can do better the next time around or what other improvements we can make. 
or how to be more efficient. And our goal is to make this project accessible for teachers at all levels, whether they are new to producing films or teach at an advanced level. So when thinking about that and with your students having participated and won numerous prizes over the past four years, can you talk about any adjustments you have helped your students make uh, throughout the years that might help teachers who are listening or uh, in reflection as a teacher? Is there anything you could tell your past self that you have learned since your first year of participation that you think would help students? Yeah, of course. So COVID introduced the world of virtual interviews, I think, more to my students. So now when when we're doing the process, I, I don't limit them to people that can get in-person interviews. Um, they can now really interview anyone across the world with access to Zoom. Um, so that's one thing that I've really reflected on. And, and I think students are starting to realize um, how open the world is to them to kind of cover topics that are they're passionate about. Um, I, I've learned to require them to have experts or elected officials in their um in their documentaries, I think it just sets them apart a little bit more and also um, adds credibility to what they're trying to say. Um, and again, by asking them to get them done by Thanksgiving break really ensures that they, they get those um, interviews. Um, I also tell them, like, how are you going to set your video apart from all the other videos that you've produced? Not just the videos in the contest, but I want this to be a video that really shines a light on their storytelling ability. So I want them to have a hook or, or brand it in some way by either using graphics or or upper-level videography, because that's essentially what my class is about. Um, I mean, you don't have to have those things, but I think that sets them apart um, from maybe some of the others. And finally, the one thing I push probably the most for my students and what I've learned over the years is it needs to be specific and it needs to be personal. Um, so if they take a, a generalized topic and just kind of scratch the surface, that, that's not really educating anyone about some potential solutions or how it's impacting them. Instead, if they if they make a personal and find out how it's really impacting their lives or, or someone that they know, um, it just sends it home more. Um, and that's what I would tell my past self is to push for student voice. Like, uh, don't allow them to just, I mean, allow them to do any, any topic they want, but I always try to push them to go more specific and, Surprisingly, with me doing that, some of the topics they've come up with were ones that I didn't even know much about, and I learned from them in the documentaries. AJ, you just touched on a few things that I wanted to ask in this last question. So, for example, in recent years, you've had students win top prizes. And again, one thing that really stands out about them is their topics are often unique and personal to them, like looking at federal funding for HBCUs or looking at laws for reporting and investigations and missing person cases. So with the theme this year, asking them to envision themselves in a position of power uh, to make change as an elected uh, congressman or woman, what guidance have you provided them that's specific to this year's prompt? So I've, I've started with what are things that matter to you? What are people around you talking about or complaining about? Um, and kind of the same way I always do it. But this year, the topics that students have come up with, I feel really hit on that personal personal topic, um, topics that I wouldn't think about. Um for example, autism and how it impacts uh, female diagnosis, that's something that's really unique. And only students who are females and diagnosed with autism would come up with that with that topic, um, which I think is, is something very unique to, to, to discover. Um, but also giving a voice to voices, I know I keep saying that, but um, being at a school like Arnie that is a melting pot of all different types of people, um, sometimes uh, certain communities aren't represented that much, especially in in, in some of these contests. So I, I tell them, you know, you have a voice. Why don't you share it? And then if you do win, 
and, and, and if they show it on C-SPAN, think of all the people who might not have known your background or the story of your documentary without them seeing it on C-SPAN, um, which I think gives them more power than anything else about the power of journalism and the power of their voice. AJ, we really appreciate your time today, mate, and we're uh, excited to see their work this year. Thank you. So as AJ noted, if you're a teacher or a student and this is your first experience with the competition, on the StudentCam website, we have a number of resources that are designed to help you get started and support you and your students throughout the process, including self-guided tutorials from some of our former student participants, rubrics and other teacher guides from some of our competition faculty advisors, as well as a lesson plan that has a step-by-step slide deck, graphic organizers, and a checklist to help keep you moving through the process. You can find those on the Getting Started and Teacher Resources pages on our studentcam.org website. Speaking of teachers and resources, Craig and Pam, as we three are all educators ourselves, we love talking about student cam with classrooms across the country. In fact, we'll be talking with a, a group of teachers from New York City this afternoon. From the competition launch and initially spreading awareness of the project-based learning experience, through the entire process of speaking with students and teachers to answer their questions, to judging each video carefully, watching every single entry multiple times, to celebrating winning students in their communities and awarding them prizes, we truly enjoy witnessing the process and the impact on countless students from start to finish. And we learn so much from listening to students each year, whether they are new to filmmaking or if they're challenging themselves and advancing their skills to a different level. I'd be remiss, though, if I didn't say that we clearly recognize that this is a project that requires considerable thought, time, and effort. However, I'd also be remiss if I didn't say that anyone can successfully participate in Student Cam with a little dedication, focus, and commitment. With that in mind, Let's listen to our interview with three-time Student Camp Award winner Jolie Abdo as she shares her experiences with the competition. Also joining us for this episode is Jolie Abdo, a former Student Camp participant and three-time winner in the competition for her documentaries on inequities in the college admissions process, redlining and the history of racial and socioeconomic inequalities and a denial of financial services in poor areas and inner-city neighborhoods, and most recently in last year's competition, a look at immigration policy reform. Thank you for taking the time to join us today, Jolie. Of course. So before we get into talking about your experiences and the years that you participated in the competition uh, when you are in high school, can you tell our listeners what you're up to these days and how your documentary actually on redlining helped you get into the place where you are now? Definitely. I'm very grateful for to be here, so thank you for having me. Um, I just started my first year at American University here in D.C., and I'm studying international politics. I've really, really enjoyed it here, and I often think about how grateful I am for everyone who helped me to get to this place, including the folks at C-SPAN. I've always really enjoyed learning, specifically in history and government classes, but studying filmmaking has allowed me to take that information a step further. Student Cam was a fantastic opportunity for me to translate the things I learned about government and policy into a tangible creation with applicable conclusions. And in 2021, I was able to translate the housing policy and redlining that I had read about in news articles and other documentaries into my project for student camp. And it was in this process, kind of the art of manifesting that knowledge into a short film that I wrote about for most of my college essays, including the one that I wrote for American University. And now I'm here having a great time. I'm also a videographer for our school news 
news, excuse me, for our school newspaper, The Eagle, and I'm planning on minoring in film studies or journalism. That's absolutely fantastic. And you know, looking back through uh, your prior student camp submissions, each of your films was extremely impressive. And it definitely seems that that process and uh, the, the most recent documentary have had a direct impact on your life. Um, and in thinking of those students who might be listening to this podcast and don't know exactly where to begin, listening to your experiences and how far you've come through the competition, can you talk about your first step when you began each of your projects and maybe how your teacher, Clifton Raphael, at Jenks High School supported you through that process? Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you so much for your kind words. Um, the first year that I participated in student cam was my sophomore year of high school, and I was a little lost getting started, but my teacher, Mr. Raphael, he gave us a little trick, was to um, a little trick which was to write down five very general things that you're interested in and to not necessarily worry about, like, the plausibility of them or their relation to government just yet, just five general things that you're interested in. And then the next step was to kind of think about a connection from that topic, from each of those topics, to the C-SPAN prompt, which is usually always about government. So um, I started out, or people in my group that I worked with started out with um, talking about college admissions because it was something that was like in the news and something that we were intrigued by at the time. And once we could connect that to kind of government policy within the college admissions process and to specific laws and programs that had to do with it, we were able to kind of flesh out a, a few sub points within that and then start working from there on our outline. But yeah, it's very important to start general and because it can be a very daunting process to pick a topic. Absolutely. And then, yeah, after our first year, the, the topics came much easier to us just because we kind of knew what to expect. And so Throughout the year, my partners and I would kind of keep tabs on different news articles we saw or like little mini documentaries that we saw that had a topic that interest and um, a topic that interested us. And that is how we came across um, redlining and immigration as our topics for um, our past two years. So that is. The process of writing down your general interests helps a lot if it's your first time participating. And then after that, it's easy to kind of know what sort of topic you want and to keep an eye out for it um, before you even start creating your documentary. Great. And one of the uh, most challenging aspects of the competition is showing multiple sides. It's something that's very important to us as a television network, but it's something we ask the students who are participating in the competition to do as well. So... One of the best ways to get multiple perspectives is to conduct interviews. And I wanted to ask you about how did you determine who you were going to interview? Can you talk about that process of reaching out and making those connections and actually conducting the interviews themselves? Yes. So there were actually many different ways that we chose people to interview. And in my first year, we focused mainly on local interviews, which started out with analyzing our personal connections in the city 
and trying to utilize those. But as we progressed and got used to reaching out to people and talking to them more freely about these topics, um, we began to contact the authors of different books and articles that were most helpful in our preliminary research of any given topic that we were working on. Even if these people lived far away, um, Zoom is a great tool to use for interviews because a lot of the people that you will contact to be experts on your topic are not from where you live. So it's just once we opened the door to Zoom, we got a lot more influential interviews that worked better in our documentaries. Um, we also tried to speak from people or we also tried to speak to people from C-SPAN clips that were considered experts on the topic. And we asked them to expand on expand on the different clips that we chose to include in our documentary. Additionally, we always threw out a few dozen emails to local, out-of-state, and federal government officials, which is not always the most reliable tactic, but it's worth a shot. Yeah, and Jolie, there are so many life skills that students walk away with as a result of participating in this competition, and you highlighted that when you shared your story of how you got to where you are. And among those is, you know, we all bring our interests, our strengths, and our skills to a project or even to a team. Um, and that includes our personalities, which you guys were able to weave into your documentaries that you produced. So for people who are listening, you can participate individually, or you can produce a video with one team member or work with uh, in a group of three. So since you participated with several partners each year, can you describe how you guys share the responsibilities? Yes. So my first year, I worked with two other students on our documentary about the college admissions process. And throughout that, it was easy to kind of divide the research. So we had we had an outline of all of the points we wanted to hit um, within our documentary, and we would really just go in and highlight different places that we thought that we could specialize on. So the three of us split it up and were able to kind of become experts in each of these subtopics. And because it was a group of three, I honestly wasn't in, able to kind of be as immersed in the topic than I was in later years. But um, my junior year, I started working with my partner for junior and senior year, which was, um, who was Rory Johnson, wonderful person. And when we were working as a pair, we would do a very similar thing and kind of just go every other topic on our outline would be designated to one of us. And that was a way that we could kind of do research on our own, which was a good way to manage our time and then come back whenever we were together and go over it and kind of compare notes and make the connections between the sections in class whenever we were working together. So uh, Pam had just mentioned uh, in, in the last question, she asked you a little bit about life skills, right? And maybe skill sets and new interests. And you've spoken about teamwork and conducting interviews and finding topics and use of technology throughout this process, all the way through work management with your teammates and how to network with uh, elected officials, right? So in thinking about all those different things that 
you improved upon, that you um, were, were engaged with through your three years participating in student cam, what new interests or skill sets do you think you developed as a result of creating your student cam films? And maybe what did you learn about yourself? Yeah, so I'll start by saying that I have this intense passion for just learning in general, but specifically about the functions of government and history. And those are things that I've really enjoyed taking classes in throughout both high school and what I've done of college so far. But what film and specifically student camp taught me was how to kind of develop an outlet for the knowledge that I'd picked up throughout my education. I think that filmmaking serves as a medium for one to pull from, I guess, your catacombs of knowledge and to express your interests and opinions in a creative and concrete and shareable way. And I just really value having learned how to apply my knowledge through filmmaking for student cam. And aside from that, I've also picked up many acute skills from my three years in this program. And that includes the ability to conduct interviews, which can be really difficult and kind of scary when you're going into it, not knowing what to expect. But um, having gone through many of them in my three years, I'm now way more, I guess, comfortable with just talking to someone in front of a camera. And I also learned how to phrase emails, which is something that I learned is very important to request interviews or even just request information or comment from someone. Additionally, I've developed storytelling skills, um, camera usage skills, and editing skills. So every year we uh, award $100,000 in cash prizes, and you won three prizes three years in a row. Um, so what did, can we ask what you did with the prize money? Yeah. Well, my sophomore year, I used the money from student cam to buy a laptop, which was I kind of thought of it as a capital investment so that I could work more efficient or so that I could work more efficiently on student camp for the next two years of high school, which ended up working out great for me. Um, plus, I've used the laptop for everything since then. And yeah, a lot of it I saved, a lot of it I probably spent buying clothes. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So if you were to think back to your first year participating, I know you touched on this a little bit before, but any final advice you'd tell yourself or for those students who are thinking about participating this year? Yes. The best advice I can give is to choose a topic that you're interested in. This goes really for any big project as well. But my junior year, redlining redlining was a topic that I was completely fascinated by. I mean, sometimes I would just sit and stare at a wall and think about the housing policy that had such an adverse effect on how nearly every one of us lives today. And the documentary we made on redlining ended up being one of my favorite things I've ever made in filmmaking. And the process for creating even a five-minute documentary takes many, many hours of research, filming, and editing. So in my opinion, the best thing that you can do for yourself in that process is to choose a topic that is multifaceted and will keep you interested for a long time and also don't be afraid to test your limits with creativity because stand-ups or the types of scenes where you as a filmmaker stand in front of the camera and say something those stand-ups have so much potential to be interactive and eye-catching as well as very relevant to your story and topic 
So I would also say to go for the big ideas because you can always tone your documentary down if you need to, but it's much harder to give your project more personality if you play it safe 100% of the time. That's fantastic advice, uh, Jolie. So thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to catching up with you uh, very soon. Thank you for having me. It is so encouraging for us to hear how this project impacts young people's lives and has set them on some really exciting trajectories in their lives, as Jolie shared. But let's also talk about some of the other benefits, like the prize money that she mentioned. And from the grand prize of $5,000 to first prizes valued at $3,000, second prize winners receive $1,500, third prize winners get $750, and honorable mention winners receive $250. There is an opportunity for you to win one of the 150 prizes, as you guys mentioned. Middle and high school students are judged in different categories, so you can check the website for those details. And Grand Through Second Prize winning videos actually air on C-SPAN Television Networks in April. And beyond the hashtag cash money, students also get recognized in their local communities. In fact, each year, schools host ceremonies to celebrate their students' accomplishments, and C-SPAN occasionally comes along to join in on the fun. At a ceremony in one community last year, the local cable company doubled the students' prize money because they were so impressed with their work. And in another community, the cable company donated iPads to each winner on top of their prize money. And oftentimes, elected officials from the federal, state, and local levels will also congratulate the winning students through video messages and formal citations, and the students become local celebrities beyond uh, Grand Through Second airing on C-SPAN. A lot of the winners are on radio, in the newspaper, and on TV in their local communities. Beyond the prize money and all the accolades that the winning students receive, the learning that takes place as a result of their participation is something that's hard for us to overstate. Regardless of what their interests may be or their projected career paths, through participation in project-based learning opportunities like Student Cam they're going to develop real-life skills that will be broadly applicable to whatever form their academic and professional careers may take. As someone who's been heavily involved in the judging and administration of student camps since 2007, one of my very favorite things each year is hearing updates about all of the great things that students go on to do after the competition. So this summer, we reached out to some of our past winners, and we asked them to reflect on what they learned while participating in the competition, but also to tell us about what they're up to these days. In this clip, we're going to hear from Madeline Bowne, who entered and won prizes six years running, beginning as a seventh grader in middle school, all the way through to her senior year in high school. She recently completed her master's degree with the Rutgers School of Mechanical Engineering and is now an aerospace engineering PhD candidate at Georgia Tech. Let's listen. So I competed in the student camp competition year after year because I found that it complemented my education in a very interdisciplinary way. So while I was learning a lot about politics, journalism, and how our government works, I was also improving my critical thinking skills and my ability to tell a story. Um, Every year I found that the greatest challenge was piecing together all the facts, figures, and interviews into a cohesive storyline that made a point while still fitting the time constraint. Um, These lessons have proven to be incredibly useful to me in my engineering career. During undergrad, I've used my filmmaking skills to promote Formula SAE, um, and by recruiting members and attracting sponsors and interacting with the community as a whole. Um, And then in grad school, I've continued to keep a hand in filmmaking um, by working with the Navigating New Space web series, uh, which is part of the Matthew Azakowitz Fellowship. And through this, I've had the opportunity to interview folks like astronaut Sandy Magnus. So promotional videos and interviews are an obvious application of the student cam skill set. 
um, but I found that the skills are especially useful for technical presentations, writing reports, and teaching other students. Um, communicating dense technical information in an engaging and concise way is extremely important regardless of your field. Um, so I highly recommend that students participate in the student cam competition regardless of their plans after school because the skills that you acquire are universal and absolutely transferable. Once again, we'd like to thank A.J. Chambers and Jolie Abdo for their time in sharing their student cam experiences and the many strategies, tips, and pieces of advice that they've gathered from their years participating. Along with our wishes of best of luck to all student cam participants this year, including to all of Mr. Chambers' students at Richland Northeast High School, we hope that Jolie has a wonderful rest of her freshman year at college here in D.C. at American University. You can access all of the resources we've highlighted in this episode and more on our website at studentcam.org. You'll find the videos with tips to support you and your students, along with graphic organizers and a detailed lesson plan to map out the process. And you can also view videos of former winners. We'll post this information in the podcast section on our featured resources page on cspan.org slash classroom as well. We'll be offering free Zoom sessions for students and teachers who would like to connect to learn more about the competition or ask questions of the team. So be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at StudentCam or on Instagram at C-SPAN StudentCam. And if you'd ever like to connect with our team to learn more about what we have to offer to teachers and students, please email us anytime at educate at c-span.org. And that's it for this week. Join us next time as we highlight the 60th anniversary of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Until then, thank you for joining us. We'll be right back.